Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Now, last time I had a little mini teaching about angels. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that they didn't In fact, all the way through the New Testament, they're not just Old Testament phenomenons. They are spiritual messengers appointed by God to render service for the saints. What I'm trying to tell you is that angels work for the Father in this earthly realm on your behalf. They render service. I told you last week that you and I probably have no idea how many times angels have been involved in this natural realm orchestrating events and circumstances, protecting from destructive events and circumstances. You have no idea how many times angels have actually intervened to render a service to you that you may not have even been aware of because they operate in that spiritual realm which really is more permanent and more real than the physical realm. Your eyes can deceive you. And this natural realm is subject to change. Would you return with me please to Luke chapter 1. We started their last week, beginning in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. The angel Gabriel went to the virgin Mary, who was betrothed, verse 27, to a man whose name was Joseph as the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled, diatarasso in the Greek. She was disturbed. She was confused. You ever think you hear the voice of God, and then when you look at what's going on, you get confused? confused and troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. The word there, phobio. Do not stay in a state of fear. And the word there also means do not run, Mary. Sometimes God's going to tell you something so significant that you might, it might shake your world so much that you may tend to want to run. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. <coughs> he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? 
since I do, since I do not intimately know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Here's the answer. It's not about what you can do. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Are you perplexed today at the assignment the Lord seems to be giving you and you don't know how it's ever going to take place? Well, here's your answer. The Holy Spirit. He can do what you can't do. He can orchestrate what you can't make happen. He can hold together that which you just can't seem to make fit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. I was overwhelmed this week by an assignment that I was given. And I said, Lord, how am I going to do? What am I going to say? How am I going to do it? And the answer was the Holy Spirit. He'll do it. Just trust Him. That Holy One who is to be, will be called the Son of God. And now indeed, verse 36, Elizabeth, your relative, She'll also conceive a son in her old age, and this is now her sixth month, and her who, who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, okay then, the maidservant of the Lord. Here I am, Lord, your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. From her, she went with haste to find Elizabeth, verse 39 through 45. There was an inner witness in Elizabeth, verse 41. That child Elizabeth was carrying leaped in her womb, and we know that child was John the Baptist. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She said in verse 45, she pronounced a blessing on the one who came to her for her love and affirmation and mentorship. Why do you think we lay hands on people? Why do you think that those of us in places of spiritual leadership lay hands on and bless those who come to us for mentoring? It is the biblical transfer that's all the way through the Scriptures. Blessed is she. Who has believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. It may not look like what you think it will today, but there will be a fulfillment of those things which the Lord spoke. And then Mary broke out into worship. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, my incapacity to make it happen. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. In verse 56, Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her own house. Last time we looked at the assignment that God had given to Mary through the angel. 
We saw the first instruction he gave her was not a pro, an instruction, it was a prohibition. Do not fear. We found out last time the reason that 365 times in the Scripture, one a day, we're told not to fear, nor to be afraid. Fear's talked about 365 times. Why would that be? We found out last time because there is no fear in love, agape love, and God is love. Fear repels the presence of God because fear always fights against love. Always. Fear will keep your spirit from acting right. It won't function correctly because the love of God has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So fear, which exists in our soul, not our spirit, our spirit's where we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, where love has been poured out. Where love, remember 1 John 4, 18, perfect love, which is poured out in your heart, casts out fear. So fear works against your spirit, keeps it from functioning correctly. And it will stop you from connecting in intimacy with the one who loves you. It is the love of God that is the magnet that draws every one of us to Him. It's the love of God that will keep you trusting Him when you don't understand. It's the love of God that can break down any barrier. It's the love of God that will keep you from shipwreck. It's the love of God. There is no substitute for it. It is His heart, His love, the love of God. So Mary, do not be, I'm giving you an assignment, and the first thing I'm telling you is do not fear. And we found out last time that we have got to approach our fears, and here's what we said. Get your bearings. Whenever you begin to experience fear, when you begin to sense its grip in your mind and in your emotions and affecting your will, ask yourself the question, is this true? Why would you do that? Because you know what fear is at its essence? Fear is a projection of a result you don't want. You go to the doctor. You have a test. Fear rises up because you are beginning to imagine something that you don't want to be true. And then when you hear the facts, sometimes you begin to picture in your mind and feel with your emotions what it's going to be like. Fear is a projection of an outcome that you don't want. And fear will stop your spirit man from working correctly. It'll operate outside of the love of God who loves you, who's designed you, 
who has given you and poured out in your heart that life-giving, life-sustaining, life-defining, death-overcoming love of God. So ask yourself, is it true? Is it true based on what? Based on the Word of God, not on the opinion of man. Is it true? Based on His Word, is this true? You ask yourself the question, and secondly, we said, make your stand. Psalm 56, 3 says, when I am afraid, I will panic and ruin. Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will, that is, as an act of my volition, I will trust in you. I will. So when fear comes upon you, ask yourself, is it true according to the Word of God? Secondly, make your stand. I will not be moved by fear. I will not fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But you've got to make an aggressive stand. You have every resource of heaven to back you up if you will take a stand against fear. Psalm 34 is a powerful passage about fear. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his fears. Make your stand. And third, walk towards your fears. Never run away. Because I want to tell you something. Nothing encourages fear more than your flight. When you don't make a stand against fear, it will pursue you. It will steal your, your sleep. It will, pursue, it will steal your peace of mind. It will steal your relationships. It will steal your health. Fear is the tool that the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy will use to absolutely destroy everything good that God puts in your life. Why is fear so powerful? Because it's opposite of the character of the heart of your Father. God is love, and love casts out fear. It's your biggest enemy. Did you hear what I said? The devil is not your biggest enemy. He's already been defeated at the cross and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. He is under the feet of Jesus. It's fear. It is fear that's your greatest enemy because it disconnects you from the love of God and therefore when you don't have intimacy with the Lord Jesus, you're subject to all kind of stuff. Fear. Declare war on fear. Ask, is it true? Make your stand and walk forward. But I want us to take just a, a minute to take a deeper look at what Mary's issue was when God made a choice and can I remind you of something God chose you in Christ Jesus Ephesians 1 3 says that he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ just as he chose you before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and righteous and blameless before him in Christ are you in Christ you're chosen. 
You're loved and accepted and chosen. Mary was told the choice of the Lord. I want you to see, think about that for just a minute. Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. She was troubled, he addressed her fears. And then she asked a question we would all ask when we were given an assignment that's impossible, how? Has God given you an assignment that looks impossible? It, it, it sure feels that way. If you've got children or grandchildren, I, grant, I guarantee you you've got an assignment like that. Has life circumstances given you something that it is impossible for you to succeed at? And do you ever ask God, why? How? How can these things be? The answer was the Holy Spirit. He's going he's, he's to get you through this. He's already seen and knows the way. But I want you to notice when he told, when, when she was told how God would do it, he said, nothing shall be impossible with the Lord. Did you ever stop and think about what this young woman had to face before she accepted the assignment? Did you know that back there in that culture, in Old Testament law, if it was discovered that a woman who was betrothed, betrothal is a lot greater than engagement. You can undo an engagement in our culture. A betrothal was a holy agreement that was just as legal as marriage in that day. And if a woman had been found pregnant while betrothed, by Old Testament Levitical law, she could be stoned to death. This was a serious deal. So you need to understand that when God gave this young woman an assignment and she agreed to accept it, she was risking her life. This was not a little fuzzy moment in church. This was life and death. Not to mention, what will the man I'm betrothed to, what will he do? What will he say? How crushed will he be when he finds out, finds out that I'm pregnant? And then to think of the shame, the rejection by those closest to her. How in the world could you do this to us? Because it was a mark on the whole family in those days. This was a decision that was life and death. You talk about risky. You think it's risky for you to trust the Holy Spirit to fulfill the assignment He's given you. Think about that. The shame, the rejection. 
And understand this. Some people say, yes, but Mary was a different creature. Do you know what? Some people, even certain religions, treat Mary as if she was sinless. Mary didn't get here the way Jesus got here. Mary inherited the spiritual genes of Adam just like you and I did. There's only one who was impregnated by the Spirit of God. Don't you remember? She had her issue. She was a mom. She was a human being. You don't pray to Mary. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You don't pray to angels. But you don't beat those up who do or have been taught that's what you do. You don't do either one of those. Don't you remember when Jesus at 12 years old had to correct his mother? When he was in the temple teaching and ministering to the spiritual leaders of that day, and she came and with a displeasure in her voice, she said, Son, why are you treating your father and I like this? Don't you know we've been looking feverishly for you for days? And Jesus kindly said and respectfully said, Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? So she didn't know everything, nor does she get everything right. Do you know there was an occasion in Jesus' ministry when Mary and Jesus' siblings showed up to try to get him off the road? What am I trying to tell you today? Sometimes the greatest pain you will experience are those closest to you in your own family or those in your closest circle who don't understand what God's assignment for you is. And because they're looking out of the lens of their own experience, they just can't quite get into your world. And sometimes the greatest pain you're going to experience is whether or not you're going to accept God's assignment for you or you're going to continue to try to please everybody else in your family. And you've got to rise up at some point and declare. And with love and gentleness and patience, step into your assignment that the Lord's given you. And can I tell you something? When you do that, he's big enough to work the rest of the stuff out. He can do what you can't do. Did you know that? He can bring understanding. He can bring reconciliation. He can do what you can never do in your own efforts. What are you talking about, Pastor? It's the Holy Spirit. He's at work. But I want you to notice the, the, the risk that she took to fulfill her assignment, the suffering. Would you look at chapter 2 with me? When she brought Jesus 
to be dedicated. We're going to dedicate Anna Grace next Sunday. Why do we even do that? Even Jesus was brought forward to be dedicated. And at his dedication, there was a prophetic word by Simeon, chapter 2 and verse 34. There was a blessing, a mighty blessing, a mighty blessing. This child is destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel for a sign that shall that will be spoken against. Yes, Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul. I want to tell you something today that's not popular preaching, but it's biblical. Sometimes the greatest, most holy assignment, sometimes the greatest fruit, sometimes the special assignments of the Lord carries a sword through your soul. I wish I could tell you differently. But what I'm trying to tell you is there is a Savior who not only wants you to experience the power of His resurrection, but He wants to draw near to you in the intimacy of fellowship of His sufferings. And if your assignment involves that kind of suffering, rejection, disappointment, disapproval, or even the pain of watching that treasured one die. Will you accept the Lord's assignment? This is not all there is. This is about that much in an ocean full of life that you're going you're gonna to live. The real you're going to live forever. And what you're tasting here right now, as difficult as it is, is a thimbleful in an ocean. I want you to notice something else. How did Mary, she accepted this assignment. I love verse 38. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. She accepted the assignment. But I want you to skip down to verse 46, and I want you to see the context in her inner man out of which she accepted the assignment. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Do you know what, I'm tr do you know what the word's saying here? This woman was a worshiper. She walked in a spirit of worship. You're not going to hear the voice of God clearly, and you're not going to accept His assignment until and unless you're walking in an atmosphere of worship. When you get confused, when you get overwhelmed, when you are prompted to run, it is that heart attitude of worship out of your spirit and your soul that's going to keep you anchored to hear and receive 
the assignment of the Lord that's going to bring light. Are you in a place of worship? After incredible trouble, what did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. A spirit and an attitude of worship. Notice what else happened. In verse 39, Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste and entered. What did she do? She went to visit Elizabeth. Here's the principle. Not only did she stay in a place of worship, she got some reinforcement from somebody with skin on. I don't care how spiritual you are, sometimes you just need to hear from somebody. You need to be touched by somebody. You need to be prayed for and ministered to by somebody with skin on. Reinforcement. So how did Mary accept this assignment? She was in a place of worship by giving praise and honor and glory to God and thanksgiving, but she also got in a place of spiritual reinforcement. Do you have that? Do you have that? Is there that one, two, or three small circle of people that when you are confused or you are, you are about to run when there's incredible pain, when a sword has pierced your soul, is there a network of reinforcement that you can call on? It is essential to your success. The body of Christ, there it is designed to function with every member of that body doing its part. Pastor, I like having others in my life, but you know, I prefer, I don't care what you prefer. What is your connection? Well, I prefer this kind of music. I prefer that kind of preaching. I prefer this kind of atmosphere. I, prefer. I don't care what you prefer. Where is the Spirit of God connecting you in, in His heart with His family? It's not about preference. It's about connection. And forgive me, you might read into that that I've had quite a few preferences addressed in my life and ministry. I don't care. I have an assignment. And so do you. Get where you're connected. Where the Holy Spirit bears witness to you that there can be reinforcement to you in your journey, wherever that is, wherever that is. But don't get connected somewhere where you have not been born witness to by the Spirit of God. This is where I want you to be. Mary succeeded with a heart of worship and reinforcement. Understand that Elizabeth was farther down the journey than she was. All of us ought to humble ourselves and ask God for the mentorship 
the reinforcement of somebody who's farther down the journey than we are. Amen? She sought that in Elizabeth, and she was affirmed. Elizabeth was not the voice of the Lord, but she affirmed the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord, although it was not the voice of her assignment, it affirmed the voice of her assignment. Are we getting somewhere? In this Christmas time, when we look back at the ancient scriptures breathed by the Spirit of God, where there is life in this Word, may we not see it and hear it so much that we don't get behind the scenes and find out, Spirit of God, what are you saying to me out of this? To me. This Word is eternal. I want you to bow your heads with me. Would you say to the Lord now in your own prayer, in your own inner man, Father, whatever my assignment is, make it clear. And I decide today that just like Mary, I will accept my assignment. That might be right there in your home. It may be in something that even looks trivial. All those days that Jesus spent working for his dad in the carpenter shop, I'll bet you there were a lot of days when he was just sawing and nailing boards. It looked awfully trivial. But he said, I always do those things I see my father doing. So can I tell you something? God is just as much in the mundane as He's in the miraculous. Would you celebrate His presence? Would you ask Him, Lord, bear witness in me, what would you have me to do? And as you begin to get clarity, However that may come, would you give the same answer Mary gave? Behold, the servant of the Lord. I submit to you, Father. And I already know the answer to how. It's the Holy Spirit. He will do it. So my only job is to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit, not to figure it out. You'd have already done that if you could have. Get into a place of worship and stay in a place of reinforcement where there's affirmation of the voice of God with skin on. You need it. Thank you for your holy word, Lord. Give us greater revelation, greater intimacy with you. Now I bless these, Father, the sheep of your pasture, your sons and daughters. Go before them, with them, and behind them. 
dispatch holy angels all around them to protect them, to open up doors of opportunity, and to close doors of destruction. And Father, make it very, very clear what their assignment is, whether you speak through your spirit, your word, their circumstances, other people, however you choose to do it. May their only answer be, God, in my own confusion, I decide, be it done unto me according to your word. And I'm deciding today that I'm going to exchange fear for trust. I make the decision. I don't feel trust. I decide to trust. And so today, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Commit every issue that stirs up fear over to you. The final result is in your hands. And I thank you that you have plans for my well-being to give me a future and a hope. Now bless these, Father, and keep them in the name of Jesus. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next Sunday. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.